Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the 12 Questions Podcast. My name is Jeff Luck, and each week I ask the same 12 questions to a different race car driver. Up next, with the NASCAR playoffs about to start, we have NASCAR regular season champion Kyle Larson, the number one seed going into the next 10 weeks of the playoffs. Kyle Larson has already had a big year, winning the Chili Bowl, the Knoxville Nationals, and the Kings Royal, in addition to five NASCAR races plus the All-Star race and being the regular season champion. Can he top it off with a championship in the Cup Series? I guess we'll find out soon. But in the meantime, we were able to speak in person at Daytona International Speedway. Of course, with the uh, Delta variant going on, we had to do this outdoors, so you'll hear a lot of uh, sort of background noise, fan noise, I guess, uh, general ambiance of being at a racetrack. That's what that is in the background. But hope you enjoy our conversation I know I did very much. All right, everybody, we're here with Kyle Larson. And Kyle, thanks for doing this. First of all, I appreciate your time. Uh, when you meet someone who doesn't know who you are, do you ever lie about what you do for a living? Um, I don't really think I lie about it. I, I guess I probably just downplay it a lot. Um, I mean, first off, I just try not to have them ask me what I do. Um, and then if they do, I, I usually just say I drive cars for a living and um, I usually yeah like I said I usually just don't try to get into detail on it and um, have to explain everything that I race and um, I feel like a lot of times people don't really understand how cool it is and and I don't feel like going into detail on trying to make it sound cool yeah okay that makes sense Uh, which current cup driver have you known for the longest Uh, it's between um, DiBenedetto and, and Reddick, uh, they bl- both grew up racing outlaw cars in California. I would probably, you know, I, I spent more time with Reddick growing up because Matt moved away pretty early on, but I think I met Matt probably before I ever met Reddick. So, um, yeah, I, I would say I would say Matt. Do you guys like ever reminisce about your early days, or is it when you talk, is it just about current day stuff? Uh, I'll try to talk about it with Tyler, but he was so young when he was doing it that he honestly doesn't even remember much of it. Um, and then Matt, you know, I only raced with him for a couple years and I was pretty young at that point, but my mom does have videos of like when I was just getting started at Red Bluff and, and it was you know funny just a few weeks ago, we were watching those videos with Owen and stuff and, uh, there's there's a uh i sent it to matt but i think he's lapping me maybe or just passing me but he like t-boned me pretty hard uh at red bluff so i sent it to him and told him i owed him one just joking obviously (laughs) but um yeah it's cool having those videos and and we can see you know a couple guys that you 
currently racing with in those. Um, it's, it's pretty neat to see where you came from. Yeah. Uh, can you describe to us what it feels like to crash in a race car? Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, it's it's not fun, uh, that's for sure. And, and I think it's different kind of in each car that you crash, how it feels and, and what that crash might be like, you know, so like NASCAR, if you, I feel like when you crash a NASCAR, it's, it's one really big hit. And then, you know, say you flip in a sprint car, it's a, it's a few kind of quick, hard jolts. Um, and then a non-wing, you know, midget or non-wing sprint car, those, those hurt the worst just because there's no, there's no cushion above your, your head. So you're hitting when you're upside down and hitting on top of the roll cage or something, it's solid and, and you feel it kind of everywhere. And, um, you're usually spinning quicker in those flips. So you're seeing a little bit of stars and stuff when you get out, but, um, yeah, none of them, none of them feel good. Yeah, I bet. Uh, do you have any new habits or lifestyle changes you've made lately that you're particularly proud of? Um, I think, I mean, it's not like lately. I, I'd, I think like three years ago I stopped going to, I mean, I, you know, like Vegas and stuff. You know, I would, used to go there and gamble, sit at a table for a few hours and gamble. And, you know, I would lose like 500 to to $1,000 every time and, and do that for hours. And so now I, now I don't gamble and, and I, I, I love it. Like I, I enjoy Vegas a lot now, you know, going to shows or just walking down the strip and stuff like that. So I would say not gambling at all has been a lot of fun. Um, and then the feeling of not losing money is a lot of fun, basically. Uh, a little bit of, I would say a little bit of that, but more so just not, you've got a few more hours to do other stuff. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah. So I think just exploring and, and enjoying different parts of the city and, and whether it's not just Vegas, but like even going to like Kansas, you know, we'd have a casino there and I'd, and I'd sit there till midnight or something and, you know, lose money. But, um, you know, I can go to Lakeside Speedway or go across the street to the movie theater and stuff like that when, you know, before I would be sitting at a table. So I would say that one. And then, I mean, I think here lately, I don't golf as much um, anymore. I, I think mostly probably because I'm not good at golf, but same kind of thing. You know, I, I think now I enjoy other things. Um, I still love golf, but I'm not like fully dedicated to playing, you know, for five hours a day. You know, I can go do other stuff with whether it be Caitlin and the kids or just doing something else. Okay. Um, what makes you laugh during a race? <laughs> Um, I don't know. There's a lot of things. I mean, whether it be moves a driver makes, I think one that stands out recently to me, and it's not a move a driver made or anything like that, but in dirt late models, I always laugh at, um, the crew members, um, before the races, you know, have, they have their bright yellow or orange construction, your know, shirts on and you were recently, the world of outlaws took away their sticks. So they used to do stickness, stick signals, and they'd have their sticks wrapped up in bright orange or yellow tape and, you know, they're giving their drivers signals and stuff. And I don't use any of that. Um, <laughs> I just like to use my own senses, but anyways, they ban they ban sticks. So now you know, they're all the crew guys and stuff are trying to find new ways to give their drivers signals. And so I was racing at Sharon, uh, last weekend and, um, under caution before the race, all their crew members are standing up on the inside wall, waving their hands around and they've got like, you know, now they've got their hands, and they've got like gloves on that are bright. And I'm like, you guys just look 
dumb right now and <laughs> and I still you know you go on and win without it, it makes you feel good so yeah um, yeah they they look they look funny and, and it's honestly I would be embarrassed uh, if I was a mechanic dressed up like that okay that makes sense uh, what is a quality or a skill you envy in another driver um, I think I think understanding like the business side of the sport um, I would say is an area I would and I'm still young but I, I feel like I'd like to learn that someday um, you know I, I like I get to hang out with Denny a lot and Jeff Gordon more and you know they're two amazing race car drivers but they also understand the business side of it a lot and and whether it be sponsors or NASCAR or just how things work in general outside of the race car um, I think that's a area someday I'd like to learn um, and I don't know if I ever will because you know I'll, I'll be listening to them talk and and it just my brain like just shorts out and I can't <laughs> I can't really comprehend what they're talking about or anything like that so um, but maybe over time as I'm around it more I'll learn it more and, and I want to like I said I want I don't necessarily want to make a living driving race cars my whole life and as you get older you realize you can't do that your whole life so you need to start planning ahead and, and I think those two guys are, are really good at it okay so this next one is a wild card question where I'm mixing it up for each driver it's obvious like like a great singer they they have a great they, they can just sing right like they can get better at singing, but they already know how to sing. They can't teach that to somebody else. Like, they just have a beautiful voice, right? Like, you're a great driver. Like, there's something in your brain, obviously, that you also have a gift. What What are you doing? Or, like, how is your brain working to allow you to do that? Is it that you, you can pick up what the track's doing faster? You have better hand-eye coordination? Like, I get that you're good, but why, why are you better than some of these guys? I don't know. Um... I, it's hard for me to answer that question. I, I think I think the more you put yourself in position to win races, you learn from those experiences. And whether that's, I think, just making less mistakes and more good decisions. I think you know I I feel like when I watch races, I maybe I feel like I manage them maybe a little bit better. And even though it's a short race, you still have to make right decisions. And I think when you get like I said, when you get to a point whether you're in the World of Outlaws sprint cars or Lucas Oil late models or World of Outlaw late models or USAC midgets, like the top guys are all really good at driving a race car and we all we all can go out there and run the same speed. But it's, I think, having that experience of making the right decisions, whether it be in traffic or, you know, not getting excited and lighting your tires up and missing the grip. Um, I think in, in NASCAR too, it's just all the little details of hitting your pit sign right and you know, hitting your, your marks right, shifting your gears at the right time on restarts, um, anticipating what somebody else is going to do in front of you, just having a plan in your head. Um, and like I said, I think all that comes with experience and, and I think being in those positions often you learn from each each one of them. You're, even when you make the right decision, you, I always try and go back and look at what I still could have done better in that moment to make it a little bit easier on myself. So um, I guess I don't know if that answered it right, but that was an answer of some sort. So you, you have sort of like an encyclopedia in your head of uh, 
situations that you've been in basically and you can apply those when those situations come up it sounds like yeah I think so and and once you do it enough it just kind of happens naturally and you don't really have to think about what you need to do and you can be that half step ahead of yourself or that or your competition yeah okay uh, what's an embarrassing mistake you've made on the track that you're comfortable sharing with us now? Um, so 2012, I was running the Canaan E-Series, and we ran at Dover, and I was racing a sprint car for Tom Book later that night. It was my first time in his car, and he picked me up in a helicopter at Dover, helicoptered me to, the, to Williams Grove, uh, I was late, so I didn't get to hot lap or qualify. So my first laps on the track was going to be the heat race um, in his car at Williams Grove, and and I didn't have much experience there, and whatever. So I'm, you know, you've been to sprint car races, so like the field has to catch the pace car, and you kind of use that as a driver as a little hot lap to get an idea of which car's driving like and stuff like that. Well, so I'm I'm going to go get my hot lap to catch up to the field and I'm going down the back stretch and uh, at Williams Grove in front of Beer Hill Gang uh, who at the time I feel like in Pennsylvania nobody liked me as fans cuz I was really hyped up and hadn't really proved anything there yet. Well, so I go I go and I'm down the back stretch and I lift to go in the corner. Well, his brakes or something were extremely good and I touched the brakes and it took a hard left. And I spun and I hit the inside of the backstretch wall. Oh, no. <laughs> and before I ever got to the corner, hit the wall, spun, you know, not, had the front end knocked out of it. I'm parked there with Beer Hill Gang just screaming at me and laughing and yelling and making fun of me and uh, was done for the night because oh, no. it wrecked the chassis and all that. So uh, I remember just being super embarrassed and <laughs> didn't, didn't want to be there. I hated Pennsylvania after that for a long time. Wow, that was a great story, though. Uh, if you could pick to live in a different state than where your team shop is, uh, where would you want to relocate to? Yeah, I don't know. I I really I really love North Carolina. Um, I'm from California, and I feel like aside from the humidity and, and the winters being just a little bit colder, um, I feel like it's the closest thing to California that I've gotten to experience. So. I really like it because there's lots of racing and lots of people around racing. Um, so I, yeah, I love living there. But if I was to pick somewhere else, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> well, I like the Bahamas, uh, <laughs> so I, I, I'd like to live there. But um, I don't know. Um, I always thought you know Colorado, and I haven't really got to experience Colorado that much. But we went to Vail last year, and that was cool. But it's also so far from most of the racing that I do. So North Carolina is still nice. You can get a direct flight to most places. So I would probably still pick North Carolina. Okay. I'd it's maybe pick like up in the mountains in North Carolina, North Carolina though. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like Banner Elk or something. Yeah, that's nice up there. Uh, if someone handed you an envelope and inside of this envelope was the date of your final career victory, would you want to open it? Um, I think... I don't know. I think, I think yes. I think I would like to to see it. Um, I think you could go either way. You could be excited, you know, if it's like 2040 when your next or your last win is or something. But you could also, it's a big risk if you open it and it's like you know next year because then you're wondering like, well, what 
what happened to me? Yeah, right. Am I going to get hurt? Am I gonna, what, What's going to happen? But also, if you saw that final date, you could at least plan ahead, plan your future, um, post your first or your last win and uh, get a head start on things. So um, I think I would probably I would probably open it. Okay. That's a good answer. Uh, have you achieved your childhood dream? I don't know. Um, like you were at Knoxville and I said I always dream, dreamt of winning the Knoxville Nationals, but I also have had other dreams of winning other races and championships and stuff like that. So it wasn't, I didn't have just one dream. Um, so I would say no, I haven't. Um, That's surprising still, to me. Yeah, I mean, I think there's still a lot of, a lot of other things that I want to accomplish. And um, I don't know, I think if you say you've accomplished your dream, I don't ever want to be satisfied. And I feel like if you, if, if I say I've accomplished my dream, I, I would feel like I'm content with where I'm at at 29 years old and, and I'm, and I'm not. So, um, yes, I've accomplished some of my dreams, but not all of them. Okay. Um, so obviously each week I give a, ask a driver, give me a question for the next guy. Uh, the last one was with uh, Bubba Wallace, and his question for you is, he says this, by the way, is, is it a totally nice way and genuinely curious? Does the year-round racing have an effect on personal life with family and marriage? Yeah, I mean, I think for sure I would be lying if I said that everything was, you know, roses and, and happy all the time. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, I think for sure I w we would probably have a, healthier relationship I would think if if I wasn't off racing all the time but I also feel like she Caitlin understands the sacrifice that it takes uh, this lifestyle you know she's grown up around it um, you know I race more than her brother did growing up and stuff and her family but I think she understands the sacrifice that it takes to you know support your supply for your family financially which you racing year round does help a lot um, and I think she understands the sacrifice that it takes to, for me to want to be the best race car driver that I can be. Um, you know, along with that, yeah, like I, I don't get to go to weddings. I don't get to go to birthday parties like she's at today with Owen and the kids. I didn't get to go to her cousin's funeral a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, and, and yeah, there's a lot of things that I miss out on that I'd, like to be at and and would love to be there to support her and support the kids but at the same time you know this is this is important to us and I think she she gets it she knows I want to be I want to be the best I can be she I think after everything that happened last year too she understands um, financially how much it helps us um, so she enjoys, you know, doing the t-shirts and stuff. So she's, she's gone on the road a lot with me. I think this time of year when the kids are back in school and all that, that's when it's tough. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it takes, takes a lot of sacrifice, but you, you can, everybody on this team and, and everybody, everybody in racing, this is a tough business and, and you, you miss a lot of time with your family and, um, yeah, I, I'm sure maybe as we get older, someday it's, we're, we're going to wish we had that time back. But like I said, it takes a lot of sacrifice. That's a great answer. Well, uh, as you know from texting me this morning, I, I don't ha know who the next. Uh, it's so funny because I feel like we've done this every time. I, I never know who it is. And it, it like visibly irritates you that I haven't planned far enough. I knew ahead. I was going to be doing 12 questions like two weeks ago. So <laughs> I don't know why you can't plan. <laughs> I try, man. 
it's you're not as not everybody's as easy to get a, a yes from as you. So yeah. you know, I have to try. But yeah, so I don't know who the next one is with yet. Uh, I can you can ask a general question if you thought of one, or I can no, double back with you. I'll wait till you get somebody. Okay. All right. Thank you for taking the time to do this. I yep. appreciate it. Thank you. All right, everybody. There you have it. Kyle Larson on the twelve questions, and sorry that I did not know who the next person was there. But it is sort of funny to see him get irritated about this uh, several times in the last couple of years. <laughs> uh, but anyway, listen, uh, appreciate your support for these interviews. And if you enjoy them, um, you know, they do come out on The Athletic in the written version on Wednesdays. Um, there's also a paywalled podcast version also on Wednesdays. And then on this feed, they come out usually on Fridays, unless I forget, as I did last week, to publish them on time. Uh, with the Bubba Wallace one, in that case, it comes out a few days later. But if you want to be a subscriber to The Athletic, now is a great time because we're not only doing a lot of playoff content, but college football starting up, NFL starting up. And because of that, there's a 50% off deal right now going on for The Athletic. This only happens probably, I don't know, maybe two, three times a year. And they never tell us like when it's going to start. It just starts. And I don't know how long it's going to last. So to go get that deal, I recommend you do it quickly if you're listening to this um, as the playoffs are starting go to theathletic.com slash 12 questions one two questions you should see the link on there it should say 2.99 a month as opposed to the usual 5.99 so 50 percent off go ahead and get that deal that's theathletic.com slash 12 questions and it should just prompt you for uh, new subscribers you get all of the athletic access to the entire site including all the racing coverage that we do so jump on that In the meantime, appreciate everybody for listening, and I will talk to you next time on the 12 Questions Podcast.